please follow in the reading of the Word of God. So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk, and the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and you have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness, holiness, of the truth. Father, we come this morning to hear from you. Father, may uh, they hear the spirit of the living God and the authority of your written word to help each of us to walk in a manner worthy to the glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Twice you have told us, do not walk as the Gentiles, but walk worthy of the calling which you have been called in all humility in gentleness and in patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Father, that can only be done through the grace of our Lord and Savior. So please, Lord, help us. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, I shared with you that this section is a contrast, and it's dealing with the old us and the new us. Okay, and how you've got three chapters of doctrine with two prayers in it. And in doing that, he's saying it will take prayer to get this accomplished, whether it is opening our eyes that we may see, or whether it is doing exceedingly abundantly what we could ever think or imagine in the fullness of God dwelling in us. But he contrasts it to the old self, and we went through that in detail. The thing that it, there's times, you know, I look around, if you look, watch the news, you watch our society, if you watch your neighbors, uh, watch people, you really want to see human nature, what man is really like. Go down there by the fire department and watch the roundabout. It's pretty impressive of the evilness that man can have under the guise of, I don't have any idea what this is, so I'm going to kill somebody. So, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. When I think about it and I go back, let me go back quickly over how you and I used to be. Now, I don't know when you came. I don't know chronologically what year it was that you became a believer in Jesus Christ. Theologically, it was before creation. But at some point in there, God revealed himself in the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, and you became sealed in him. All right? But before that, you were basically self-centered. 
And if you look at self-centered people, and I know that none of you know any, I know all of them. Okay, so I know you guys can't know any. Okay. They're useless in their thinking. Okay. Have, have you ever tried to t- explain to somebody that they're prideful? You can't get them to see that. Because a prideful person is convinced that they're humble. And, and yet, if you just go through some of it, you look at it, and they're so self-centered, how could they be wrong? Well, if you're so self-centered, how could anything be wrong? Then that means your thinking is useless. Okay? In that, they have ignorance of truth. One of the things that I've looked for on a broad basis with brothers and sisters in Christ, are they teachable? Okay? Or do they know it all? Because if they know it all, then I'm thinking they're probably self-centered. Okay? This is especially important if you get into leadership. Elders need to be teachable. If you think that you know it all, therefore you can be an elder, duck. Okay, because the more I know, the less I realize I know. Okay, and I know you guys don't ever deal with this. I have this problem is that once I know something for some crazy reason, I forget it and have to learn it again. It's just, I don't know, you know, but I already knew that. And he said, yeah, but you forgot it. All right. But they become ignorant of truth. Those people who are ignorant of truth are not teachable. They're not teachable. Why? They're self-centered and their thinking is useless. Once they've stepped into that and self-centeredness becomes sort of the fuel for the fire, I guess is what I would call it, they become shameless. And the reason that they're shameless is because they know it all. Okay? Have you ever run into people who know it all? You know what's amazing about them? And it's consistent. Go test it. Go do your own experiment with it. Because I've been around long enough that I've seen this know-it-alls. You know what? They complain about everything. And I keep thinking, well, I don't want to know everything, because then all you do is complain. So I'd rather be ignorant. Why? Because I can't complain. But know-it-alls complain. And I mean, they complain about silly things. All right? I don't... Whatever. I got up and I'm taking bread and I'm taking nourishment and I'm breathing. I got nothing to complain about. All right? So they become shameless. Nothing bothers them. All right? Once they get into this mold, they get into this mentality, they step into a reprobate mind, a depraved mind. Basically... Their mind's not functioning. If they're self-centered and they're useless in their thinking and they're not teachable because they're ignorant of truth, then they become shameless. Then their mind is futile. Okay, now, this is in degrees. You, You don't immediately wake up and you're a rock star abandoning friends, family, and whatever that's not what 
You know, that's what we will look at at some of them and say, wow, man, look, they were, they had it all and lost it all. But it is in degrees that they come to a point. I, I guess the, the one is, it, do you really want to hang around somebody who complains all the time? Not only do you not want to hang around them, you'll make a beeline away from them. Okay, because I've dealt with some of those. Now then, you can look at this and you think, well, you know, that's okay. I can understand that. I want you to remember something. I guess it kind of goes along with the Lord's table. This is how we all were to one degree or another. At one time, at some degree, that's what we did. That's how we, we acted. And if you think about it, if you get around a handful of those people, don't you start reverting back to the way you used to be? It's it's like uh, I, I watch people sometimes. Some of the most intelligent people I know are from the South, the deep South. But every time you hear them talk, you keep thinking, you're dumb as a post. Right? I mean, you just sit and listen. I know, I know more people that have a thick southern drawl that has their PhDs, and you, and you just sort of, how, how does that work? But you know what I learned? Take six people, okay? We'll call them five Yankees and one southerner. And you put them in a room together. Who comes out of there with a change in their accent? The Yankees do. My wife is from the South. Her brother still lives in uh, North Carolina. And I'm like, my wife's got a tad bit of an accent. You go spend a week with her brother, I can't understand a thing they're saying. But her brother calls. If I answer the phone, it takes him five minutes to say, hey, how are you? And it just is like, wow, okay. But I, I share that because we all used to be at some point like that. But you know what? I just read the text to you. As believers, guess what? We're new creations. We're new creations. We don't operate that way anymore. I shared with you briefly the church in Corinth. The problem with the church in Corinth, you had people coming in to the church who were saved, but they hadn't gotten their theology together. And so all they were doing was adding salvation to whatever manner of life that they were living. And you still see that today. But I, my, my hope is as we grow in our understanding of who God is, then our operating systems should begin changing. We don't operate like that. I've shared with you, this text is dealing with the mind. Your thinking processes. Your thinking processes. Do you understand that? Because God in each of us, 
in the person of the Holy Spirit, is reforming our thinking processes. What was normal is now abnormal. And it bothers us, but we can't figure it out. It's, you know, I was discussing in Sunday school on being on anxiety and being anxious. Okay. Theologically, we know that if I worry about something, then I am in essence saying, I don't know if God can be trusted for this. Okay. And we all say, well, ah, that's, that would be bad. And yet, anybody worry? Okay, but theologically, you say, well, why should I worry? God is in control. But is he paying attention? No, he's paying attention. The question is, are you? All right? So we are operating on a different thinking process. This has to do with our mind. What is our thinking? Remember what Paul told the Romans? Do not be conformed to this world anymore. Well, how do I keep from doing that? Renewing your mind daily. Okay? And let's be realistic. That's a task. That is a task. Because the world is always bombarding you daily. And if the world is in the lap of Satan, how much of what the world's giving you is truth? See? It's simple. I watch people get wound up over news headlines. And I'll be honest with you. I remember Huntley and Brinkley. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, don't worry about it. I think they're dead. But they gave you the facts. And you made up your own decisions. I don't know what their political view was. I know everybody's political view in the news today. Okay, because evidently it's it's not a secret anymore. And yet I watch people who will get annoyed about it. They'll get upset about it. And I keep telling myself, you know... They're following the father of lies. What am I expecting them to do? All right? I don't have that. Jesus is truth. I have Jesus. So I should probably spend more time listening to him, eh? Possibly. Last week, we saw this in verse 20. You did not learn Christ in this way. And I told you, learning him means that you sought after it. See, if you're a child of God, if you got saved, there's a burning, should be a fire inside of you. I want to know more. And we usually start off, I want to know when he's coming back. And then quickly you realize that that's none of your business. Okay? And so you you get into this, but you start understanding more. It's like, you know... Your sanctification, in God's perspective, you are as holy right now as Jesus Christ. In your perspective, how are you doing? Okay, still doesn't make it wrong. It just means you don't know yet. 
Because you should be seeking more and more of the person of Christ. Yeah, I, I used the illustration this morning in Sunday school. People say, well, I believe in Christ. Okay? And I look at him and I said, I know him. Huge difference. Why? The demons believe in Christ and they're a fearful. Okay? I know him and I'm not fearful. See the difference? So we, we learned Christ. Instead of self-centered thinking, we have Christ-centered thinking. When you look at stuff, try this, okay? Try this. Uh, you can try it this afternoon if you want to. I would try more than that. I would try to make it a habit. Whatever I'm dealing with, whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm listening to, whatever, it's, it's like, uh, do, do they have any people that run cash registers anymore? Do they? I've never seen any. I mean, I've been to Walmart, I've been to Safeway, King Supers, and all I've got is them blinking things and this lady sitting over behind it going, got a problem? And, and, and you, you sit there, but then you watch some of these people going through here. Now, when I go to shopping, if I come out with three things, I've been shopping. Okay. Cause I usually go into a store and I want one thing and I go after that, but I might get down the wrong aisle and say, look, peanuts. <laughs> and then, and then I'll grab those too. Okay. But I, when I go, I, I go for one thing. But I watch people when I go through, and it is amazing the travail they go through to spend their money. All right? But that's self-centeredness. All right? I'm Christ-centered. There was a lady that was, uh, when was it? Yesterday. I think it was yesterday morning. I was at Safeway. And this lady had one kid in this I don't know what it was, thing, little satchel thing hanging off the side of her. And she had one on each hand, okay? And she was trying to, she had one of those carry basket things, and she was sliding it to get it up to the checkout. And I'm sitting there going, wow, man. <laughs> Perhaps you should have waited for the old man to come home and have him watch them while you go do this. So I asked her, I said, okay, let me help you. So I, I picked it up and I scanned it all out and all the rest of it. And I kept thinking, she's going to think I'm going to pay for it, huh? <laughs> but I didn't. You know, and she, you would have thought I just laid a gold bar in front of her. I thought you had too many kids. But anyway, you should have waited till that one was 16 and then had these two. <laughs> they call that babysitter. Okay. But I, I see this, and and people were upset because she was not making good progress. Okay, I mean, she wasn't setting no land speed records. And so, you know, I helped her out. But that's Christ-centered thinking. Listen, when you have Christ-centered thinking, when, you th when he makes the statement, you have learned him. Do you understand? That means he thinks for you. That means he acts for you. That means that he serves through you. That he loves 
through you. It is Christ at work through us. Remember the greatest man born of woman? John, I must decrease. He must increase. Learn of him. You need to learn of him. Why? So your life counts. So you make a mark. Remember Ephesians 3.20? To know the love of Christ. That surpasses knowledge in 19. And you'll be filled with the fullness of God. Why? To him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think. Listen, that's a life that's not useless. That is a life that is being used abundantly beyond what we could ask or think. It's a Christ-centered purpose. As you grow in your understanding and you learn Christ, you have purpose. It's not... You know, when I see self-centered people, you know what I see? Emptiness. Emptiness. When have you ever seen a self-centered person be content? Okay. Which brings me to what I wanted to look at. In verse 18, instead of being ignorant of the truth, verse 21 says that we are taught in Him. We've heard Him. That's how we learned Him. And we have been taught in Him. Okay? But look what it says there. The end of the verse. Truth is in Jesus. That's pretty impressive if you think about it. When you give your life to Christ, you are telling Him, Christ, you rule. Non-negotiable. You are Lord. I hear people say, well, you come to a place where you make Jesus Lord. No. Jesus is Lord. You may have to come to a place where you learn that, but He is Lord. Well, you and I have to ask, do you want to drive the bus, or do you want Him to drive the bus? Being that He knows where the bus is going, what do you figure the odds that you do? Listen, you cannot be a Christian unless you recognize that and acknowledge Him as Lord. See, that Gentile thing that you used to be in, do you understand that that was the kingdom of darkness? Okay, so... In Jesus, I'm in the kingdom of light, right? Correct? Right? Call it, flip it, heads or tails. Right? You know what's key about both of those? 
whether it's the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. You know what's key to that? Kingdom. You know what that is? A monarchy. I heard a political pundit try to tell me, (laughs) it ain't even worth repeating, that Jesus was a socialist. And you're like, what? Well, yeah, read the Bible. (laughs) I did. I thought he was a king. (laughs) That makes him monarch. (laughs) I don't think that's socialism. See what I mean? But but we live. Well, yeah, I think you know. Like somebody said, well, you know, he was an illegal immigrant. Yeah, he was. He was from heaven. He was down here. But I don't. When you give him your life, do you understand what you just did? You gave up the authority of Satan in your life for the authority of Jesus Christ. Question, why would you go back? Why would you go back? He rules your life. Listen, when he rules your life, then you will fall under truth. And I I love you guys, but you're not going to believe this. Sometimes that truth hurts. Because you have been under the lie. And all of a sudden you get it exposed as a a lie. And you keep thinking, well, it couldn't have been a lie. I, I wouldn't fall for a lie. And then you want to be an editor of Scripture. And he will patiently wait until you get the memo in full. Listen. If you fall under the truth of Jesus Christ, you will not be ignorant and you will know truth. I remember the generation that I came through and I I remember the phrase in altered states of consciousness, but we always were very philosophical. We are on a quest for truth. What is the meaning of life? Okay. The quest for truth is a highly traveled road. Okay. Man is always seeking truth. All right. But what I've learned is, is that man in his enamor for truth, all he ends up producing is he grows people into being cynical because man's truth is never truth. It'll be this truth, and but then you have to add this truth and then this truth, but that contradicts the first truth. That's all right. Ignore that one because we're at this truth now. And you think it's something new. Why did Pontius Pilate say, what is truth? Because we always say we want truth. Okay? I was talking to a couple. It's been years ago. And the guy came up to me and his, his, him and his wife were had marital problems and they ran into me. And uh, 
over the course of some times that God fixed it. And then their kid was getting ready, thinking about getting married. And of course, the father-in-law um, just was adamantly against it. So he came to me. And of course, his father, my friend, and his son come and he said, well, you know, I want to be honorable. I was like, well, that's fine. And so he was telling me how much he loves this woman and this, that, and the other. And it was, it was just all oh, just <sighs> heart flutter, 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 flutter. And he says, well, I want to ask her dad for permission to marry her. I smiled at him. I said, if you're smart, you'll never do that. And he said, what? I said, don't ever ask that. A father, there is no one good enough to marry my daughter. So don't ask for permission. Ask for the blessing. You're up, dude. <laughs> and that's what he did. He went and asked for the blessing. You know, I would ask that you would bless our marriage. Uh, not permission, because permission has been given by her. Okay? Listen, when you become a Christian and Christ thinks for you, when Christ feels for you, when Christ acts through you, when Christ loves and serves through you, then you will know and experience truth. Truth. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 10, as the truth of Christ is in me, that's what the Apostle Paul says, the truth of Christ is in me. Do you get that? You think about that statement, that's pretty astonishing. But you know what, brothers and sisters? If you're really saved today, guess what? The truth of Christ is in you. That's what I tell people. I said, if you're trying to make a decision and you're trying to rationalize it, then you know the answer is no. Okay? Because if I'm walking in truth, then I know the answer is always yes. First John chapter 5, verse 20. 520 says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. It's truth. See, we learn Christ. And we let him think for us. And then we know truth. Because it isn't our feeble minds trying to come to conclusions. It is God showing us. Listen. When you learn Christ... You are taught by Christ. 
knowing that He is truth, then do you know what begins to happen? You start knowing truth about God. You know, God said, God helps those who help themselves. That's not true. How many wise men were there? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That ain't true either. Okay? I know the angel that sounds the second coming, his name's Hark. But you see what I'm trying to get at? You go through this, you hear all of this, and yet you, you, wait a minute, that don't sound right. But you will know truth about God. Guess what? You'll also know truth about men. Because men are all alike. You will also know the truth about sin. You will know truth about Christ himself. You will even know the truth about creation. You will know truth about death. You will know truth about life. You will know truth about eternity. You will know the truth about history. You will know the truth about relationships. You will know the truth about salvation. You will know the truth about happiness. You will know the truth about purpose for life. You will know the truth about the meaning of life. You will know the truth of heaven. But you will also know the truth of hell. You also know the truth of faith. And you also know the truth of grace. See, if we know the truth about all of that, that sure is a big contrast and walking around in the futility of mind. And, you know, I watch Christians, listen, the average Jehovah's Witness or Mormon missionary can take the average Christian and turn them into knots in about 10 seconds. And that's a tragedy. Okay, and, you know, I have had an opportunity to talk to some scientists, and they are all convinced about creation, and then they tell me how foolish I am that I believe in a young earth, and then I explain to them scientifically why an old earth don't work. And that makes them mad. But then I can smile at them and say, well, then perhaps your truth is wrong. And that really makes them mad. See, that's that bubbly, effervescent personality of mine. But see, if you've learned Christ and you're growing in the knowledge of who He is, then you are being taught by Christ and Christ is truth. And all of that list I just gave you, He was there. So we know the truth about all of that. So because we know this truth, because Christ thinks through us, do you see the contrast? Do you see why Paul says, hey man, I'm paraphrasing. Don't walk like the Gentiles. They walk around in the darkness, bumping into things, thinking they're smart. You've learned Christ. Walk in that. Instead of being shameless as the Gentiles, instead of having no morality as the Gentiles, instead of having no basis of life as the Gentiles, you and I now have purpose. 
We have purpose. Every single one of us has purpose. You may only reach one person for the love of Jesus Christ. I have a friend of mine. You guys know Joe and Elena. And I think I told you that he's telling everybody in church that I was a stealth evangelist. <laughs> I was a sneaky evangelist. And he came to, do you know what they did over the holidays? They started a sobriety center for single mothers. They had 150 ladies first weekend. And Joe and Elena are doing it. That's amazing. And you and I were a part of that. They're, <laughs> I almost said it, what I said to him. <laughs> so you're hanging out with the drunks in Oklahoma? <laughs> so you have to understand my humor. Come on. But I just sit there and I think about it. And, and, I, and I, I remember the trail that I was with him on. And I can't think, man, this guy's thick as a brick. And God says, he wasn't as thick as you. Oh, okay, sorry. But you know what I'm trying to get at? We have people that we touch their lives, and it may be just for a brief moment. But if you know truth, meaning that you know Jesus Christ, did you see what I just gave you? You know what faith is. You know what grace is. You know what love is. You know what relationships are. You know creation. You know God. You know man. And you know the truth of it. And if you know truth, brothers and sisters, put some confidence in it. I am convinced of truth. That's why I'm praying for Castle Baptist Church, that what we have in our knowledge will become habits in our lives. Amen? We now have purpose. We now have meaning. You know what? We have a joy that can't be taken from us. We have a peace that surpasses understanding. And you know what we have? That is totally awesome. That I watch so many people struggle with. You are never alone. You're never alone. Now, see, there's times I want to be alone. He said, nope. <laughs> I'm going to sit right there with you. And quit feeding that dog cable straps. Mom's not here. She can't see. Okay, see what I'm trying to get at? This is the contrast that we have. We have learned Christ. So we seek him. I want more information. Fill me in. Then guess what happens? <laughs> You're taught by Christ. And Christ is truth. So I can stand in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, as Paul told a young Timothy, as Paul's getting ready to die. Timothy, stand what you know. Same suits us today, eh? That's Second Timothy that he's told Timothy that. You know where Timothy was? He's pastoring a church. You know where? Ephesus. Stand. Brothers and sisters, you've learned Christ. 
You are taught by Christ. You have truth. Okay? I mean, that's... Can you really start off 2020 better than that? Outstanding. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Truth. Help us. Help us to embrace the amazing things that you've already shown us. But Father, help us. Not to walk as the Gentiles, but as Paul has already instructed us to walk worthy in humility and gentleness, patience, love for one another, and the unity of the Spirit. Father, you can take us through this, and you help us through this. But Father, I pray that you'll put a fire in every one of my brothers and sisters, even those that ain't here. And Father, you put a fire in them in such a way that they want to learn you they can bow their knee and be taught by you. We love you. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen.